In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 153rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons, the 1-5 in five Falcons. They dropped the close one, 34-33, out in the desert against the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday and are getting ready to host the Los Angeles Rams, the 3-3 three and three Los Angeles Rams, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium at 1 p.m. on Sunday, and they got a new cornerback, Jalen Ramsey. Got traded last night from Jacksonville to the Rams. They gave up a bushel of draft picks, two ones, a two, and a four for what many people believe is the top cornerback in the National Football League. So we're going to title this episode, Jalen Ramsey's Coming to Town. And we know the history with Jalen, but we're going to get into that a little bit here. We're going to talk some Jalen Ramsey. We're going to throw out some hope there from the Hope Department. Hear from Charles Davis, a good friend of the program here. I'll be calling the game on Sunday for Fox. And we get his take on a little bit, share a little bit of our interview with him. We'll have it all posted later in the week on AJC.com. So we'll hear from Charles. We'll uh, look at the Rams, the record, and we'll do the stat comparison that I like to do. It helps me get ready for the game and hopefully get you ready for the game also. And then take a look at some of the Rams' key players. Uh, of course, Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, and on defense, Aaron Donald. But yeah, Jalen Ramsey, the young man who uh, from Smyrna, Tennessee, one of the greatest athletes in the state, still holds a 25-foot long jump record over there. Uh, great explosive athlete, originally some from Smyrna, Tennessee, originally committed to USC, but went on to play at Florida State. Was on that national championship team. He was drafted in the first round of 2016. With the fifth overall pick, went to uh, Brentwood Academy over there in Nashville area, Tennessee. So, of course, we've seen some of his uh, antics over the last couple years. One of them had to do with trashing all the quarterbacks in the league, or most of them, and had some uh, comments about Matt Ryan. So now they'll get to be on the same field uh, together on Sunday, and we'll see how that works out for him, how it works out for Matt Ryan. Pretty sure the, the Rams will like to uh, lock people on one receiver. He'll take over the keep to leave role in that defense and uh, probably follow Julio Jones around all day on Sunday. Of course, Matt, classy quarterback that he is, took the high road, you know, basically said, hey, I've been playing in this league 11 years. You know, I don't, you know, he stood by his record pretty much. Whereas Ramsey was trying to say, you know, he won the MVP because of Kyle 
Shanahan, and then the next year, I think he referred to him as trash. Uh, go back and look at that GQ article. I did yesterday briefly, didn't write the notes down, but that was the gist of the Ryan Ramsey beef, or if you want to call it a beef, it was kind of a one-way deal because Ryan took the high road, the classy quarterback that he is. Now, when your team drops to one and five, you start looking around and say, oh, the sky is falling, but you know, just the nature of sports, you're gonna, um, you know, hey, that's gotta be another side to this. So we did a little research yesterday and found out that the Falcons are trying to join a very select group of teams here since 1970. Only three teams have made it to the playoffs after starting the season one and five or worse. So uh, my columnist and colleague uh, Mike Cunningham saw that tweet and uh, I was going to do it, but he jumped, he beat me to it. Uh, he's, he went and looked at those three teams, the 70 Bengals, the 15 Chiefs, and the 2018 Colts that all made that turnaround. It was a different league in 1970, but I went and looked back at the Bengals. They actually started one and six, ran the table to win the, uh, AFC Central at eight and six. The, uh, Steelers weren't any good yet, and the Browns were seven and seven. They were coached by the great Paul Brown. Quarterbacks are legendary. University of Cincinnati signal caller Greg Cook. He got hurt, and Virgil Carter had to take over for the Bengals that year. And uh, Sam White, who would later become the head coach, was the backup quarterback. So, you know, the Bengals that year, is nothing really to tell from that team. It was a whole different league back in 1970. Cunningham looked at 15 Chiefs and 18 Colts and found that both of those teams had pretty sturdy defenses. Uh, of course, Darius Leonard came on last year for the Colts. The Chiefs had a bunch of different guys, Eric Berry, Allen Bailey, who's with the Falcons now, uh, Justin Houston, and they had a bunch of guys getting sacks. So he surmised that both of those teams were able to pull it together because they had good defenses. And so unless a light switch goes on here in that defensive meeting room, the Falcons probably are not going to make this turnaround. And that was the, the theory of Cunningham's column. But anyway, this is the Hope Department. And uh, we did want to find those three three teams that did turn it around. Uh, the Colts, you know, went... You know, uh, that would be 9-1 and one the rest of the way. The 15 Chiefs ran the table. They went 11-5. and five. And uh, neither of those teams got past the divisional rounds, but uh, did make the turnaround. And uh, we, we, we don't uh, – there's no comparison between the Falcons and the Colts. Uh, they also had Eric Berry on the, the Chiefs team. So, uh, you know, well, Cunningham doesn't think they're going to do it, but – Oh, Xavier basketball coach Pete Gillen used to always tell me, never say never. So we're not going to rule them out. But let's hear from uh, Charles Davis, the final announcer from uh, Fox Sports. We'll be calling the game this week. Did an interview with him yesterday. We're going to share a little bit of that with you here today. Head coach went all 
players have thought that a lot of guys would come back to some numbers we'd seen before, i.e. Big Beasley. We haven't seen that so far yet. It's just their struggle of stopping people. I mean, it was big news last week when they had the three straight stops. But that followed by five straight, you know, scoring blows, scoring drives given up. So that's just been a big, that's been a big surprise, you know, that that has happened that way. And, you know, I really don't have a great answer for it. I've still got some more work to do and dive in. And obviously I'll beat Little, but I'm, I'm as surprised as anyone. That was a whole deep back. Um, uh, you know, you got to be behind watching the secondary back there. They're letting people throw it over their heads. And I'm, I'm not just letting them, but it's happening. Yeah, it's happening. And, you know, the, the number of explosives, the number of big plays, that's a major surprise as well, of course, because you just don't expect that, especially the style of defense that they have installed. That doesn't usually lend itself to those kind of plays happening. And that's, 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 what, that's what's, you know, but when you think about, you know, Seattle, you know, they, what they did, a lot of stuff stayed in the front, and he had a free safety that cleaned up things back there, and you just not see, you know, you just, it's, it's a surprise, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, I'm absolutely surprised by the whole thing, and then there's, you know, when you couple it with, you know, lack of pass rush as well, that's a tough task for everyone. Davis Fox Sports part of our interview that we'll be posting online the Q&A we did one last week with Tom Brenneman and we're doing Charles today good friend of the program and uh, one of the great announcers y'all might if you have John Madden uh, football you hear him all the time well, the Rams, let's look at this three and three record here. Uh, they got a two, two seasons going on over there in LA. Uh, they started off hot, beat Carolina 30-27, beat the Saints 27-29, and, uh, beat Cleveland 20-13, and then they went on a three game losing streak. So we're getting the, the cold Rams coming to town. Tampa Bay 55 and 40. They beat, uh, Jameis played good Jameis that day and, uh, beat them 55 to 40. Then they, uh, are lost to Seattle 30-29. And then last week without Todd Gurley playing, lost to San Francisco 22-7. Now let's look at, um, how the team stack up here, their stats, uh, you know, and compare them and see, um, if we can see any mismatches here going into this game kind of hard uh you know everything changes if girly plays uh but yeah we'll look at that they still got a bank of six games here uh the highest rated unit on the field will be the falcons pass offense uh 317.8 yards 
And the uh, second highest rated unit would be the uh, Rams pass offense at 272.5. The Falcons are second in the league. The Rams are sixth. Those are the only units in the top ten. Uh, wait a minute. The, the off ramp, the overall Falcons offense is ranked seven at 391.3. The uh, Rams defense is ranked 12th. So that's a five. That's not a big enough, you know, that's not a big advantage, but they're 346.8. So they should, the Falcons should be able to move the ball. Uh, of course, the addition of Ramsey makes that a better unit. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that number should be a little bit closer to that. The run numbers, <clears throat> Falcons 73.5 per game coming off their 103-yard game. Uh, highest of the season against the Cardinals. And the uh, Rams give up 105.5 yards a game, at, uh, which is 16. So that's a, they should be able to stop the run. Of course, that's all Aaron Donald up front there. So total points, 22-5, and the Rams give up 25.7. Ooh, might be a low-scoring deal here. Uh, but, yeah, that's the points, total yards run, rushing pass, and then time of possession. Uh, the Falcons are 17th, and the uh, Rams are 27th at 27.32. Falcons at 29.44. I think they realize they need to push that number up and maybe not go fast at times with the defense uh, being so streaky. You know, streaky, bad, streaky, and then good. You know, the three, they had the five scoring ones, eight out of nine against the uh, Texans, and one that was just a halftime uh, burn off. And uh, the three stops, Farrell Cooper's got the first down on that last one, uh, but he dropped the ball. So, hey, that, that helps you out too when they drop the ball. Let's look at the Rams' offense against the uh, Falcons' defense. And uh, looks like we got a 25-point. They scored 25.5 points a game, which is tied for 10th. Uh, so that's another top 10 uh, for them. The Falcons' defense is 28. That's that 30 spot Deion keeps talking about. Uh, 31 points a game, which is really, really disturbing given the, the – um, you know, fact that Coach Dan is calling the the, the defense, uh, and um, our Atlanta Falcons news Facebook page, uh, Atlanta Falcons news now. Uh, Brandon Adams and uh, her good friend Chuck Smith do a little show there uh, on Fridays and Mondays. You know, go on Facebook uh, our Facebook page to see that. But they trace a lot of this defense to the fact that. Vic Beasley wouldn't come in and work with Dan Quinn. Just was a, they called it a total uh, show of um, disrespect. When the coach says, hey, I want to work with somebody, and then the guy doesn't even come in to work with him. And so they trace this uh, disconnect on defense to that, which is pretty interesting. A lot of stuff on their show. They did a, do a great job. I'm going to text both of those guys this morning. Uh, and it's an hour. It's long. But uh, they, they to discuss the game and uh, talk to the fans on Facebook and everything. Pretty cool. Pretty cool if you get time to check that out. Uh, let's keep going here, Rams. 
Offense against the defense, total yards, they get 370.8. Falcons give up 388.8, which is 26. Oh, that's a big advantage. So the Rams will be able to move the ball. 98.3 rushing, which is 26. Of course, the uh, you know this will change with Gurley. 117.7, the Falcons give up, which is 20th. Okay, 272. Passing point five, which is six. We said that, and the Falcons give up two seventy one point two. So they're not. This is projecting that there's not going to be much resistance uh, uh, from the Falcons defense. No surprise, they haven't done that at all this year. And uh, the turnover margin minus five for the Falcons uh, turnover differential, which is twenty seventh, and then of course minus three. Uh, tied for 23rd for the Rams. So that's how the two teams stack up here. The, um, you know, Falcons got to find something to get going on defense. Uh, just hasn't been, um, you know, the one thing I want to talk about this week is the zones. You know, they're, they're simple zones. They're cover three. I mean, anybody playing Madden knows what they're supposed to look like. Uh, and you shouldn't be getting the ball thrown over your head. The whole idea is to keep the ball in front of you and then rally up and tackle to make the opposing team methodically drive down the field, make them make a mistake, and get you a turnover here and there. But that just hasn't been happening. Uh, Chuck and Brandon talked about how in the first series – the Cardinals got a screen pass, and the guy ran through three or four people. I mean, we saw the blown coverage with David Johnson out of the backfield. Tom Brenneman said there wasn't a Falcon within 40 yards of him. So, you know, how do you lose Dave Johnson? Uh, so, you know, I know the coaches are teaching how to play the defense right, but you're seeing a lot of blown coverages, which, you know, uh, at some point you got to make changes. You, you know, you either, you know, personnel changes or you got to, you know, ride it out and think they're going to get better with them. So we'll see how the Falcons plan to, to go uh, forward here. Now, just a couple of stat highlights here from the uh, for the for the Rams. You know, Gurley's their big gun. Of course, we all know him. You know, he had the big. You know, me and a lot of people going in on the Vic Beasley versus Gurley stuff. Uh, but now, if his knee is hurt, then you know, hey, he got his contract. But uh, uh, you know, Vic's not doing much in his contract, and uh, Gurley's got a bad knee. Or, you know, or, you know, has been getting injured here lately. Hopefully he gets healthy and can return to the 2017 NFL Offensive Player of the Year, Todd Gurley. 64 carries for 270 yards, five touchdowns for Gurley thus far. Uh, Jared Goff is 153 of 247, 246, 62.2%. 1,727 yards, 7 TDs, 7 INTs, with a passer rating of 80.8. Of course, our, our guy Aaron Donna, coached by the great Bill Johnson over there, uh, has three sacks. 
And the uh, the the Rams went out and made a couple of moves. They got Clay Matthews. He had six sacks before suffering a broken jaw in the Seattle game. And uh, Eric Weddle, a good free safety, one of the best free safeties uh, in the game at the end of his career here. But uh, he's certainly on that defense too. And he'll get those guys all lined up for Wade Phillips. So with that, we're going to wrap it up here. The 153rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, titled Jalen Ramsey is coming to town with the Los Angeles Rams. Take care and have a great rest of the week. New Year's resolutions are hard. But starting 2020 with the best entertainment during the Xfinity New Year New Gig Sale is easy. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Click, call, or visit us today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.